0: Hey, welcome to the Realness Positivity Podcast. I'm your host Joe Martin. Got another awesome guest here today, Dasia. I'm gonna try and say it right here. You can Malakas.
1: Malakas. thank
0: Malak. Uh, dang it! I even practiced before. Should have done it more.
1: We could have done some. <laughs> thank out. you
0: so much for coming on. If you've never heard of her, you may have and just didn't know it. Have you ever had goat cheese? You probably have. It's delicious. You know how about the one from Elkmont, Alabama, that's known worldwide. She's behind all that. She, the reason you know about it is probably because of her. So think about that. She's been a TEDx speaker. She's been around the world. She's been one of Oprah's favorites. How about that? So thank you for coming on. Sorry I messed up your last name. In my head, it sounded right.
1: <laughs> it's all good. You can't really mess it up. And it's all great to oh, you anyway, right? I so, oh, um, see so
0: you nailed that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thanks right, for so- having
0: me. And kind I of pre- on that same vein. So you grew up in Alabama. How often did you get your butchered, your name butchered right there?
1: All the time. I mean, all the time. So listen, I have friends whose name's just a little bit different, right? Like um, just a tad different. And they get so upset when their name is pronounced differently. Mine is so different that I feel sorry for people who have to pronounce my name. Right? <laughs> like, anyone who has to cold call, me, cold call me, I feel really sorry for. Yeah. I, so I have tons of empathy, not just for someone getting it wrong, like it feels bad to me. I feel bad for the other person.
0: Well, that's good because as a Joe Martin, I got it pretty easy. And then I try yeah, to go yeah. up against your name and man, I'm telling you, you know how it sounds good in your head and it looks fine in your head. And then it comes out, you're like, that's not right, but all right. But anyway, look, I'm glad I'm not alone though. So that's good. Yeah. So um, Dr. do you You grew up in Alabama. So you're from Huntsville, Alabama as well. A uh, little bit, little known place comes kind of like people don't know about it. It's not really Alabama. Huntsville's a little bit different. It's more of a, a melting pot of people from around the world. So uh, tell me a little bit how you grew up.
1: So I grew up um, here um, in Huntsville and went to Grissom High School, and you know all I wanted to do, Joe, growing up here in Alabama, because of our reputation, right? You know we say Huntsville's not Alabama, but what we're really saying is don't identify us with the, what you think Alabama is, right. right? Yeah. But I wanted all I wanted to do was leave Alabama, right? Like I was like, okay, I'm, I, you know, I've got other things, and. I've got other things to do. There's a great big world out there. This is this is not it. And life continues to prove me um, a hypocrite and a liar. 100% and I always will. And I'm, and I'm glad. I said that one time when I was giving a talk that I'm a hypocrite and a liar and someone went, you know, like, I'm like, well, I don't, I don't it's not intentional that I mean that, but you know, so here's a really funny story about always wanting to leave and then about being a hypocrite. And I thought my, the world for me is out there and I was doing, and I was out there. I was in New York City, and then I was in Silicon Valley, and then last day I was in Philadelphia in the, in the, you know, digital marketing, you know, tech space, and I took this little soul-searching trip, and I was in Chile, and Chile and Patagonia, and I walk into this one place, and this is when I knew I was going to do something different, right? I was ready for a transition, and I see on the wall this, there's a, but my favorite poem, I walk in and it's like in the middle of the night and I see this, you know, I've been traveling all day and I see this poem written on the wall. And it was about having to leave a place in order to come back and know it for the first time. And I knew right then I was going back home. I mean, I just knew that I was gonna come back home and who knew that cheese was gonna be in my future, but that was, you know, that was the transition for me was, you know, I'm I'm coming home to know a place for the first time. And it turned me into someone who wanted to leave Alabama into the biggest advocate. And here's even like, and I know I talk ad nauseum, you ask me one question and I'll talk for 30 minutes. But one last point about that being being an advocate for Alabama when all I wanted to do was escape from it is A couple of years ago, the state of Alabama Department of Tourism asked me to be their spokesperson, right? It was the year of the maker, and they wanted to celebrate me and Belchev, and here's why you want to, you know, here's what's great about our state or our makers. And I thought, what a turn of events, right? Like, this was a Conde Nast, you you know, national advertising campaign that I'm in talking about the joys of Alabama, right, and what's so great about it, when all I wanted to do when I was 18 was run. So, hypocrite much. Yeah, for sure. Yeah.
0: Well, hey, I, I grew up here too, went to Grissom as well. And I was like, man, I graduate, not coming back. There's yeah. nothing to do here. Mm. Yeah. You know, and then you realize you realize come back with a little bit more experience. You go out there visit other places like Huntsville's pretty all right. It's yeah. a pretty okay place, you know? Mm-hmm.
1: In the it's- southern, you know, like, I mean, for me, it's, you know, spending the time in, in food that, you know, like knowing my roots with this, right? Like there are, there are deep Southern cultural food ways and traditions that are beautiful, right? And it's easy when you're, you know, when you think the world is better than you, right? In a way to go, oh, okay, no, French food is better. Or Italian food is better. And they have these great traditions. What does the South have? The South is deep and it's rich and it's um, meaningful and it's beautiful and it's agricultural and it's familial and it's all of those things. And so it's, poetic just as poetic as french food is so um having a new understanding has made all the difference for me
0: that's cool so you kind of have you have the south in you but you also have that greek heritage as well where does that kind of meet in uh, how you've kind of came up and stuff
1: yeah, so it's so interesting. I think I'm culturally confused because you know, like I was, um, I'm, a, you know, I'm half Greek and I'm from the South, and then I end up making French cheese, right? So, but you know, in in my Greek in the Greek heritage, right? Like someone told me when I got in the business, they were like, "You're doing what Greeks have done for millennia," right? You know, like and the whole cheese making tradition, and and who knows? i it may be in my future that I lean more towards those Greek roots, and you know, I've kind of spent time here in Alabama and building this and and, and celebrating the Southern culture. Um, but I think you know, maybe that that part of that Greek heritage might be um, a piece of my next step.
0: Ooh. Yeah, little, I think it's just an little, interesting uh, crossroads right there. But um, so you, you're out there in the, uh, the high tech world working out there and then all of a sudden you decide to turn, I've heard you describe it as going from software to soft cheese. So kind of how, what does that process look like?
1: You know, what's so funny is that I thought, this is again, a good example of um, life teaching me lots of things or making me a hypocrite is that, you know, I thought in leaving one industry that I would be starting all over, right? Like it's, I'm just a total 360, but nothing, you know, follows me and I'm out on my own in brand new territory. But really what I learned um, in the space that I was in absolutely became um, a cornerstone or a foundation more so than a cornerstone, I think, for what I did in the cheese business. And you could say, okay, they're totally unrelated, but, and and they are, but I worked in, um, I worked solely for startup companies in my past. Um, They were fast growing and with great entrepreneurs and really smart people. And so I learned about what that takes, right? What kind of Um, what kind of culture you need, what kind of startup energy you need, what kind of passion you need, because you're always working for a founder, right? Or someone with a great idea, Um, someone who's challenging the market in some way or um, expanding in some way. And so this, um, you know, going into the cheese business, very different, right? A Very different product the foundations of being a starter and a beginner and launching something was uh, wasn't lost on me and i was really glad to to actually come to that realization that it was that was all very important
0: absolutely so what is the process in case people haven't heard your story before so you're you come to elkmont alabama and you I'm gonna start, and you didn't just uh, start work, They put you to real work when you got there, right? Yeah,
1: so let me back up a little bit and I'll tell you kind of how that happened. So coming to Elkmont, why in the world would you be in Elkmont, Alabama making goat cheese? But so um, I was in, when I was in the tech space, all of, you know, all the companies we'd build up and we'd sell um, and I'd, you know, maybe take a break in between or maybe go on to the next company. But at one point I took a, a, took a, a sabbatical and I went to culinary school in New York. And while I was in the city, I happened into like a gourmet cheese shop in Manhattan, and I found bell Belchev's cheeses there. I didn't find them. I didn't know about them when I was in Alabama. <clears throat> I found them when I was in New York, which is, which is crazy to me because I'm thinking, <clears throat> why does a good Alabama girl have to go to New York City to find something that was made in her backyard, right? So... That's what started that journey to Elkmont. The business had been based in Elkmont um, probably for about 15 years and um, and had a great reputation was in the cachet cheese shops in the country, not very big market, but certainly a high end market. So when I came home to do this, I was in Philadelphia, I ended up calling Liz Parnell, who was the founder and I said, look, I'm I just quit my job and I'm coming home to make cheese. And she's like, Huh. you know, it's so, um, who are you again? Is this a crank call? And so not really, but um, but then I did, I came home and I worked for her for free for six months and learned the art of cheese making. But yeah, so when I came home, I went, you know, came back to Elkmont or came to Elkmont to work with Belchev and, and to learn this. And it was, you know, it's washing the floors and it's scrubbing out, you know, milk tanks and, you know, cheese vats. And I called cheese making a glorified cleaning job um, which, you know, it is, but, um, but a beautiful one too. So yeah, I mean, I went to work. I mean, I needed to learn how to make cheese before I thought I was going to, you know, take this to, you know, the whole rest of the world. Yeah. I worked, worked hard.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And one thing that you did do to kind of get the brand out there is you went on a cross country tour. So <laughs> you're, you're basically at an Airstream. It's you and a goat and a bunch of goat cheese going out, handing out samples across the country. What did that look like? And how did that come about?
1: You know, that's so funny. So, um, I, i don't you know sometimes like we've done we've done so many things like i would almost temporarily forgotten about that but yeah no that was so much fun so i don't know i just like the whole marketing and and um and spreading the goat cheese gospel and all of that stuff was just lots of fun so we would come up with crazy things but yeah we i actually called airstream i had this idea i'm like let's just go let's take a little road trip cross country And I called Airstream and I said, look, you're a cult brand. You know, we're a cult brand. Um, We should partner on this. And we did. So they um, lent us a, you know, $100,000 Airstream, let us brand it. Um, I think it was the the it, actually it was it was the Ford place in Huntsville, Linus a truck to pull that thing. And I had to learn how to do all that. And we took um we took one of our baby goats, Valentine, on the road with us and we did a tour to all the Whole Foods. So we went store to store. I mean went with goats trying, you know, with Valentine trying to get out of her cage in the parking lot. I mean, you know, like it was just a crazy, crazy adventure. Actually, I think you know this. It sounds super original, right? This whole idea is to go cross country in an airstream and hand out goat cheese. But I, I'm, you know, the people that I admire who created great brands. One of those was um, Ben and Jerry's, and they did that. They had done that earlier in their career. In fact, their bus, I think they went around, they went cross the country, and like blew up, like at some point in their, you know, on their trip. So we didn't have any. We didn't blow up, but but we did have a lot of fun.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. There's nothing like traveling with a goat. I'm sure that's probably a whole nother book itself right
1: there. In fact, let let me just go ahead and tell you, you shouldn't do it. People think it's super cute, but it's lots of work. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Goats are cool for like five minutes. Then you got to take care of them. They're like, oh, it's not as cute.
1: Yeah. I mean, and people have them, you know, people want to watch the goat videos, but then you don't really want one in your house,
0: but people do it. (laughs) You want a friend with a goat. That's the key to life, right? Get a friend with a goat. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so something that like you you won a bunch of awards over the years. So what what are kind of some that stand out to you? Uh, there's probably been so many, but how many, which ones kind of stand out for you?
1: Well, you know, I mean there it's it's all wonderful to get recognition, right? Um the I guess the biggest ones to me that stand out, like I'm an American Cheese Society is wonderful because you're with the peer of all of the best American artisan, you know, cheeses and, and World Cheese Awards and things like that. But it's really when you're on a kind of, not just, when you think about the cheese that you make, Humble Origins in Elkmont, Alabama, being on a on a global platform and being judged against, you know, other other makers from all over the world, that's when it gets sort of, it gets a little heady right you know like this is we're like stacking up and winning against the the best cheeses in the world and you know i love what we do but that's kind of that that still just sort of blows my mind a little bit and then so we have won twice at dairy innovation awards and um and 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 those are you know those are a little bit mind-blowing for me I mean I again we love what we do and we think what we do is is great but sometimes when you get when you step back from it, you're like this is some of the best cheeses in the world in fact one of our cheesecake our cheesecake actually won that was like the you know best cheesecake in on this global scale and I'm like so yeah those those stand out for me for sure
0: yeah, yeah that's awesome because people take their cheese very seriously by the way if people don't know out there they're very serious about their cheese. They're very serious about the
1: cheese. Yeah, cheese is very serious. Just like wine is very serious. You know, like people um will take it to the nth degree. Yeah. But we've always tried to weave a bunch of fun into ours, right? And be a little bit tongue in cheek, right? So and not take it like what I what I was really after was the democratization of good food, meaning I wouldn't want I mean, part of our rebranding when I bought the business is I didn't want people to have to go to some fancy cheese shop in New York City to get this cheese, right? Like the, to me, the pinnacle sort of of that success, I guess, if you will, is that we were in Piggly Wiggly and Dina DeLuca, right? You know, like who so could say that, right? I love that though because you know we should cheeses can be intimidating, right? I don't know how to say it. I'm not sure how to use it. Like what you know how do what you know what do I do with this and and I really wanted to take that kind of that kind of energy that it's exclusive and not meant for me out of the picture you know that it's these are these are products that are made on farms right you know like and for thousands of years they're super provincial they're rural right they're not um heady and and snooty but that was That's my.
0: awesome. It's at the Piggly Wiggly. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Next time I'm at the pig, I'm going to check it out. I'm going to look for something. <laughs> but you, you did a Ted talk years ago about happy accidents. What have been some happy accidents throughout your life?
1: I, you know, I think my whole life has been a happy accident. You know, I sort of made that joke in my Ted talk, you know, like even I'm an accident, but you know, I think all of it, I mean, even like running into that, you know, my poem and, in Patagonia, right. Like, I mean, just how does, how does that happen? Um, and So I wish I could give you like a super specific example of other happy accidents, but I just, I feel like either I'm, I am, and we mentioned this earlier before when we were talking, it's like, I think you sometimes kind of have to be the village idiot a little bit about going into stuff. And then if you go in with just that energy, then things just sort of, they just sort of happen without you planning them. Um, So maybe my whole path, has been a happy accident.
0: Hey, I identify with that. Them. i'm just yeah. i'm failing forward you know that's what i've been doing my whole life you know just if you at least you're going forward right even if you're failing just keep I like going that. I
1: like a lot. i'm gonna steal that failing forward.
0: i stole it if somebody could so, you see you go ahead so yeah uh, so uh, you're, you're starting to make that transition out of belchev so kind of what what made you make that decision
1: well you know i had um it's been brewing for a couple of years in my mind and i was t- i've been telling my son who is coming up on graduating from high school that you know when he goes off to school that I was going to take his gap year right like I'd just sort of been joking about it right like I've um I'm I'm just going to take your year and it's you know it'll be a good timing for me and I'm going to go have fun and whatever and so um I had kind of started planning towards that sort of again whatever be careful what you joke and jest about too So, um, so here, so here I am, you know, his time is coming up and, and, and mine is too. And I've got this, you know, at first when I said that I thought the vision I had for myself was I was going to go work you've got you've got a son who might have watched this growing up but kung fu panda you know like i was just gonna go and like work in some noodle stall somewhere in vietnam and i just saw myself as you know i don't know some version some real life version of kung fu panda um and just go and learn a ton about food that i don't know and work for free and you know couch there for try to pretend like i'm 20 again you know like live in that gap year kind of life um So that fantasy is not necessarily turned into a um, it hasn't gelled necessarily. I'm not sure that's exactly what's going to happen, but but food will be a part of it. That's for sure. Without giving any, you know, anything away. Food is absolutely still in my in my DNA.
0: That's always going to be your passion. Right. So it's going to be involved. So that'd be exciting. So that's yeah. going to be, that's a, like we talked about a little bit, it's, it's exciting and thrilling and makes you nervous and all that good stuff. But
1: oh, I know like when you, when something comes up that you've been saying that you're doing and then all of a sudden you get there and you're a little nervous about it. And I'm like, where did, where's this energy coming from? But, um, but I'm standing, I feel like I climbed up the ladder to the high dive. Right. And I've said, I'm going to do something different. And now I'm there and everyone's down there looking, right. I've got to jump. So I think it's that kind of butterflies from being on the end of that high dive.
0: Yeah, you put it out there publicly. Now it's out there. Hey, You know what else is exciting? What? Sponsors. That's (laughs) what's exciting. (laughs) Hey, uh, I I don't know if you're familiar. There's a company called Apparelab. They make very nice shirts from what I hear. So um, whenever you start your new brand, you may need some shirts or Uh tumblers or something like that. A pair lab is where you go for that. So we're going to do some giveaways at our Facebook page, relentless positivity on Facebook. You check that uh-huh. out. Um, we're giving away some tumblers here pretty soon, other things like that. But if you want to get shirts, if you want to get banners, you want your car wrapped. If you got, if you got a, your goat, if you want to get a shirt for your goat, they could do that as well. Um, but mm-hmm. for any business looking to brand branding is very important. As you know, someone who's branded several things um, you got to have those shirts and banners and all that good stuff. So pair lab's where you go and you know what, you can save 10% with, a little code called relentless. You got to be able to spell it. And I'd look it up if you don't know how to spell it to get 10% off. So you want to email the apparel lab. I got to spell it out. so I do not mess your it like a mess up your name. So T H E A P P A R E L L A B at Gmail. And then you can get your stuff right there. So that's one of them. So if you want to get branded, that's the other one. What if you come to Huntsville though, and you don't know where to go. Have you ever done that? If you are, you're from here, things are getting added all the time, right? It's hard to keep up. It so is you know what you need? What if you want to explore Huntsville? You know what you would do? Go to explorehuntsvillecom slash Joe, and then you could download an app. Most people, they have to pay $4,000 for this app. But if you go to that website right there for free, absolutely free. So this is a combination between, I know you know about the Huntsville, Madison County, Fitzgerald Bureau. You've done a lot of work with them. They've combined forces with Rocket City Moms. You got two powerhouses coming together. It's like Bert and Ernie together, two (laughs) famous powerhouses. They created this app. So you go in there and you can look up things to do. You can look up anything you wanna do in there. If you don't know, they'll tell you what you wanna do. You don't even have to think about it. And then you click on that. It's got turn by turn directions. You can get there. So even if you get lost wherever you go, even if you're from Huntsville, I still get lost. I mean, it's embarrassing. So, you can use Google Maps, which has saved my life and my marriage. You remember, uh, what, was the, what was the thing before that where you'd print off the direct map quest? Remember Map Quest?
1: Yeah. Yeah, uh, remember can, maps? Yeah.
0: Oh, <laughs> you yeah. actual maps. How about those? I would have never made it. My parents can use those, but uh, printing off the map quest directions and you forgot to bring one of the pages with you. So, you got page one, page two is not there, and now you're lost. Not now. You got that app. Anyway, explorehuntsville.com slash Joe. Thank you for uh, hanging out with me at those ads. All right, let's 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 go back to this. So uh, what's been one of your biggest failures?
1: You know, the one, I don't know how it's been with you, Jim, but like if you've had like one failure, you still sort of look back and feel the, like that cringe that you had from it. There's, I don't know why this stands out because honestly, I think it's because I've got such a big mouth and I normally know how to run it. That um, it stands out so much, but I this was right in in the tech part of my career, and uh, you know I'm on the you know I'm on the executive team, and and we have actually just been acquired by USA Today. Well, I mean actually Gannett, and I was reporting into USA Today, and so we go to get delivered this you know for our company being acquired to delivered to all the USA Today people, and and a lot of the Gannett executives, and I just in my presentation, I just froze, right? Like, I mean, it was, it was so it, you know, I'm sure it wasn't as bad as it seemed to me, but for me, that was like the biggest thing. And then it's so interesting too, because that was early, it wasn't early in my tech career, but early in my career, I guess, of running my math, which I feel like <laughs> <now> <laughs> I can do ad nauseum. But, you know, and then what's so interesting is that I ended up going on because I didn't, you know, I didn't really give up with that, you know, giving, giving talks all over the country, including, you know, even a, uh, you know, a Harvard business review and, you know, being doing television stints and not like that's that big of a deal, but for someone who had that big of a failure with a with a speaking engagement, I, you know, that was, it was really, that was tough for me. And then, you know, when I started doing some coaching and some, um, and, and finding out what my own techniques are, it was interesting for me to learn that public speaking is a, is like right up there with the fear of death, you know, like Absolutely. fear, yeah. which I'm, but so, so that was, um, that was a launching pad sort of for me, but that was, that's the one really that sticks out. And I guess, I'm really that kind of person who would say there's not really ever anything that I see as a failure, but it's something that you learn from, right? Like and and I think most people who keep going don't say okay, I failed right at that. You just I I didn't get it right and it became more important to me to get it right, right? So that's a learning. So as I'm assuming you with your coaching, you don't No one gets mad the first time they try to do something or they might get mad, but you don't allow them to get mad the first time they try to do an exercise and they can't do it. You don't say I failed, but, but I would, but for, for the purposes of the definition of failure, that's one that, you know, still sticks with me.
0: Yeah. Well, I identify that because I, when I saw your last name, I froze right at the beginning. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what? You're the,
1: you're the only one who's ever going to think about that again. I'm not. Yeah. That no one else is but you know but you're but it's like ruminating up there and that's what i think we do to ourselves with the things that we think we you know we're calling a failure but yeah
0: there's yeah, and, I, and i try to tell you know either you win or you learn there's no failing you know that's what i try to talk to my son about when he's playing basketball or even school or whatever it is you know it's not a failure, and failing is a huge part of success because guess what you're very successful i'll get you out this you've failed a million times trying to figure things out in your business it's just part of the deal you gotta be well, moving So
1: speaking of what you tell your son, I told my son the same similar, but you know, if you're not falling, you're not trying. Right. So part of trying something new means being willing to fall down. Right. You have to be willing to do that. And some people decide I'm not willing to do it. Right. Like I'm just not willing to not be good at something, but in order to be good at something, you've got to be bad at something first. Right. So, so I answered that question with failure in mind, but honestly, if I wasn't, you know, if I wasn't doing it, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't be where I am.
0: Yeah. It's part yeah. of the brain hurts, but you got to do it. Right.
1: Yeah.
0: So, uh, I hope that's not your last name, but what makes you mad?
1: <laughs> people who can't say my last name. Yeah, I
0: knew it. Oh, I knew it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, you know,
1: that was, that's such an interesting question. Um, I, you know, if anything, it's probably people who don't try. And I, but I want to be empathetic about it, right? Like, I think, I think you, I try to say that in some ways. It's like, it's hard. So I get it. But I tend to see so much, not so much, I tend to see the true potential that most people have, right? And when they don't see it and they don't try, it kind of makes me a little crazy, right? And I have to, and I have to say, it's a choice and I'm not here to choose for people, right? So that, that eases the discomfort that I put on myself about it but I would say that that's the if anything that's probably the only thing that makes me mad
0: yeah Um, I like to ask that question because it tends to be that's what people are passionate about so that's just passion you want to help people you want to see them do their best so that tends to be you know it kind of makes you mad because you want it so bad for them but it's it's frustrating because you can't do it for them kind of deal so it kind of shows you where where your passions are
1: yeah. Well, thank you. I'll take that. And I think it's probably comes to like when, you know, the world is a mirror, right? So if that's what makes me mad, it's probably what makes me mad about myself too. If I'm not trying, sure.
0: um,
1: yeah. if I give up, which I'll, um, you know, that that would make me mad.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Kind of like that, but what inspires you? So what you're you're mad about something now, what are you inspired about?
1: Oh my God, it's going to be so, it's going to be the exact opposite. People who are trying. I mean, like, I love more than anything, like, I can't tell you how many, like, I'll, and like, have someone come to my house who's going to, like, be cleaning my sofa or something. And this is, like, a real life example, actually. And this guy who's cleaning my sofa, I'm talking to him, and like, he's, you know, he's got this band that he's doing, or he's, you know, he's trying this thing and he's out there and he's working. I'm like, I get so inspired when I see people who were trying what most people would say that you have zero chance of being a rock star, right? Like, or whatever it is, like someone who's going to start a new, I guess because I'm an entrepreneur and that turns me on, right? Like people who are starting new companies and they're starting new things and they're trying things that are like, I just love people who are doing it. Lots of us have ideas. I mean, I have ideas all the time. Lots of people have ideas, but it's the difference of the person who tries it, right? You gotta get like you, Joe. I mean, like, look at you. I mean, you know, like what you're doing now. I mean, like somehow you probably got with this podcast. That's scary. Who am I to start a podcast? I can't start a podcast. I mean, like, what's you know, write a book. Are you kidding me? Who writes books? I mean, like there, I'm sure those are those things that always go through our heads when we're trying to do something new. And, but it's the person who does it, right. It's what's that one poem about, you know, like the person who's in the arena. Can't
0: remember. Yeah, it's who, just a man, the man in the arena. Yeah, that's it. So it's the one, the one doing it. So you were, you were, you had all the words right there. But yeah, oof. it's good. It is scary. We talked about it, just putting yourself out there and all that stuff. But then we also talked about, it, you kind of got to do it to be successful.
1: So I guess I'm pretty easy to figure out, right? If what makes me mad and then what inspires me are basically, you know, two ends of the same stick. So I guess I'm a, I'm a one horse girl, one putting girl or whatever that is.
0: One, there I'm,
1: you go. Give <laughs> me some analogy for that, but yeah. All
0: right. So you're, you're starting this new career. Uh, what are you curious about? There's so much out there right now that you've learned so much, so many other things. What are you curious about?
1: Yeah. You know, I am, um, I'm continually curious about, you know, food and food ways, right? Different, um, different cultural aspects of getting to the same thing. It's almost anthropological to me, right? Like how food defines a place and how a place defines its food and so on and so forth. So, you know, at one point I thought, well, I can just go get my PhD. Um, you know, the NYU has this PhD program and it's, and it's all about, you know, anthropologi- an, um, anthropology studies around food and food ways. So I'm, I'm certainly curious about that. And also drink, you know, wine for sure. And um, I mean, you know, and and all the things that go along with that, right? Like I love the analogy of champagne to being an accident, but um, so I, I would say those two things particularly, have some, for sure, have some curiosity for me and other parts of the world too.
0: Yeah. Maybe my Greek heritage more. There you go. I'm, I'm I'm seeing some hints here. I'm I'm trying to figure this out. <laughs> I'm trying to figure it out. I'm trying to get you to speak some. So yeah, anyway, yeah. so uh, do you have a nickname?
1: Um, you know, I really don't. I probably should. I might actually. Well, you know, some not one that I necessarily would call myself, but you know, I've been called the Goat Shoes Lady and Goat Girl and you know whatever. But you know, like I'm very and,
0: flattering, though. It's it know, goat I'm, girl. <laughs> so,
1: anyway, I'm like, huh? So, um. Yeah. And I think that's, I probably, it's easier for people too, because my name is so hard. And if, if someone's really having a hard time to make them feel comfortable with my name, I just tell them, just call me T, you know, like, so that's, takes some of that pressure off. I mean, I know for me, like I want to get someone's, you know, like you want someone to know that you know who they are, but then you've got this Crazy name that you think you're gonna butcher or mess up, so I try to take the pressure off with that. Yeah,
0: nobody does that. That's no worries. Uh, no, yeah. My son's name is Brent Ben, not Brent Brandon, so we just call him B. It's just <laughs> easier for everybody, so I understand that too. So if you get a kind of a different name. You got to hey, just call me by initials. It's fine. So yeah. yeah. It's weird when people call him by his name now. So he's been called that so long.
1: He called B for so long.
0: Yeah, yeah just call him B. It's e- it's easier for all of us. So. Yeah. that but all right, we're going to, we got one more very important question too. It's a very deep question right here. So it's right, so, uh, your senior year, you're at Grissom high school. It's Friday night. You're out <laughs> in the car. First of all, what, what's on the radio and what are you and your friends doing that night?
1: That's so not fair. I thought this question was going to be like current. Like what am I? So Friday night, senior in high
0: school, you can on. do both if you like.
1: Um, you know, I, I have this memory of listening to the cars a bunch that year. Um, do you remember? You probably don't. You're you're young.
0: Who's going to drive me out? Oh, the cars had a bunch of, there's one that I thought was like, hey, there's a car song involving a car. Like that's how deep I am.
1: So. <laughs> yeah. Well, and we're probably going out just acting goofy. I mean, honestly, just a bunch of girls listening to fun music and you know driving around. Like when you're 18 and in Alabama, there's not a whole lot you can do other than getting together and driving around, right? Like, I mean, I, so I spent some of my teenage years too, um, going back and forth to Greece. And I think European kids have it so much easier because they have things that they can go and do. And you know what we ended up because there's no place for you, right? Like you ended up in parking lots of crystals you know like 45 cars there because what else are you going to do so i do have some memories of crystals parking lot i guess too um, so we were a
0: little bit classier we hung out at the hardy's parking lot so, uh, <laughs> a little bit of classier.
1: no that's not classier right, So
0: what's what's, uh, what's the friday night look like nowadays so what what's on the radio nowadays and
1: okay. yeah so apparently alexa thinks i only like to listen to feel good classic soul because every time i ask her to play me some music that's what she puts on but um so i would say that or you know like even like a little mac miller you know like i'm like I like some things like that, too, and Nor Jones, and I'm, if you find me on a Friday night, I'm probably in my kitchen cooking for some friends, and, you know, preferably with a glass of wine in one hand, so um, you don't find me too far away from the kitchen, really, and I, I like my cooking more than going out, so that's typically what, what we'll do.
0: Well, I'm the exact opposite. So <laughs> well, That's weird. That's kind of picture what I what, what I picture you're doing. Just uh, having like a small gathering and cooking for people with a glass of wine. That just seems like you're, that's your branding right there, right?
1: Oh, good. Well, then you picked it you pictured it perfectly. So I sent right. you the news. Yeah, you had it right. Awesome.
0: Well, well, thank you so much for coming on. I can't wait. To see what you do next, it's going to be very exciting. I'm trying to figure it out. I'm going to be thinking about this, see if I can figure yeah, it out. I would, but I I'm, it, everyone needs to everyone needs to stay tuned and uh, keep up with you. So, what's the best place to keep up with what you got going on?
1: Yeah. So, if you can, um, even if you can't say my name, if you can spell it, you maybe, can spell it. Yeah. You can spell it <laughs> um, is it is TashiaMalakasis.com. So, um, I've got I'll have some updates there, and I have some things that I'm doing currently, and doing the little um, fun, you know, some fun gatherings and cooking classes and courses. And speaking engagements and those kinds of things. So yeah, that's, that's the best place to keep up with me.
0: Okay, cool. And I'll, I'll link that in show notes for I know we've got some spelling challenge people like myself. So I'll link that in there and uh, we'll just keep up with you and thank and keep putting all the positivity out in the world. You do a great job with that. And I appreciate that about you.
1: Thank you. And I appreciate that about you for sure. And thanks for having me on.
0: Absolutely. Well, stay tuned, everybody, go to our website, check it out. and We'll talk to y'all later. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you could do me a huge favor, if you could review, rate, share, all that good stuff about the podcast, help word, get the positivity out there, that would be great. Also, if you could check out my new book, Relentless Positivity on Amazon, that would be awesome too. And I hope you have a great day. Thank you.